This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's 7.06 a.m. on Monday, the 22nd of January. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Keith Kam. In about half an hour, we're going to discuss trends in the palm oil industry to keep watch for in 2024. But as always, we're going to kickstart the week and the morning with a look at how global markets closed on Friday. Nice green day on Wall Street. Uh, we saw the... We we saw the Dow close 1.1% higher. The S&P 500 was up 1.2%. The Nasdaq was up 1.7%. The S&P 500 actually saw its first record close in two years, which technical analysis kind of confirms it is a bull market for tech stocks. So some good news there. Earlier in the day, Asian in Asia, the Nikkei was up 1.4%. The Hang Seng was down 0.45%. Shanghai's Composite was down 0.5% as well. Singapore's SDI was up 0.4%. And... And on Bursa Malaysia, the FBM KLCI closed 0.5% higher at 1,486 points. All right, for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we speak to Vishnu Varthan, Head of Economics and Strategy at Mizuho Bank. Vishnu, good morning. Uh, let's take a look at new data coming out of the U.S. Last Friday, the University of Michigan survey showed a 21.4% on-year jump to reach its highest level since July 2021, indicating that consumers are becoming more confident in the U.S. economy and inflation. Are you similarly bullish over economic conditions there? Is that soft landing very much in sight? Good morning, Shah. I, I have to say the U.S. data and the, it really feeds into the narrative of, of U.S. exceptionalism. So the U.S. consumer is you know, uh, abundantly resilient. Nothing gets them down. I mean, we bear in mind that the data is not in, vac- in, in a vacuum. It came on the back of very strong uh, U.S. retail sales as well. So it does suggest uh, that the consumers are feeling very upbeat. Um, so that does, uh, you know, uh, uh, give us cause to think that there is a certain segment of consumer resilience in the U.S. economy, and the U.S. economy being mostly about the U.S. consumer uh, looks like it's still holding up very well. Uh, the only here, uh, the only thing to temper this with is, of course, if we run the consumer confidence data against. Uh, gasoline prices, hmm. then it'll come as no surprise as, you know, the, the pump prices in the US have fallen. We've actually got a chart that nicely marries up the two. So if you'd only been looking purely at gasoline prices, you could have actually predicted this outcome hmm. uh, in US consumer confidence. The question for us then is, how long can this hold up for? And and is that relief factor from gasoline prices that's you know, masquerading itself as confidence, is that enough to boost the economy durably through the next 12 to 18 months? And we are less confident there because of uh, uh, the high interest rate environment and the buildup of debt. Vishnu, on Thursday, US GDP data is also going to come out. Is it, what are your expectations? Is it going to reaffirm what you just said a, a few minutes ago? Yeah, I think the data will still look solid. Uh, and there are two things about it. One is it'll show that the U.S. economy in and of itself is resilient. Second, it's also going to draw a stark contrast, uh, the cross-Atlantic con- contrast in, in terms of the soft spots that you see in the U.K. and, and in, the, in the rest of the Eurozone versus uh, the U.S. Uh, but then that will also bring markets to a very uncomfortable point where they'll have to ask themselves uh, the question about cakes and confidence. 
if we are so confident of the economy, can we also eat our cake and have it? Because then are we going to get as many rate cuts that markets are betting on? So that's probably the point of reflection. Uh, that but but you know markets haven't gotten to that stage yet. But you know we don't be surprised if they do. Vishnu, uh, speaking of rate cuts, though, uh, the the opposite seems to be true for for Europe, where where people are not quite so expecting central bank the, the uh, ECB to actually cut in interest rates. Is the EU a bit of a write off as far as the growth narrative is concerned this year? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's the thing, right? Because the ECB has been a lot more vocal uh, and emphatic in its pushback against premature rate cuts, whereas the Fed is saying, "Guys, it's too early." Uh, the ECB, you had a chorus of voices coming out to say, you know, guys, we won't even think about it until the summer break, which starts in late July. So the point is, when we're lying on some nice hot beach in France or in Italy in late July, that's when we'll think of whether we are to cut rates or not. Ironically, what this does is if we project this a little further or even into the middle of the year, that 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 more stubbornly hawkish stance uh, or, or holding on to the restraint in Europe could actually accentuate the differentials in US and European performance, which is one reason why we think, A, you'll have competitive pivot where the ECB and Bank of England must catch down with the Fed. And that also means that you cannot get uh, an unfettered downward path in the dollar because the euro and the sterling won't look good either and that will hold up the dollar. Can we turn our attention over to what's happening in China? China's central bank is expected to come out with their January 1 and 5-year fix for loan prime rates today. What levels do you think the PBOC will likely take? And how do you think the LPR will trend uh, for the first quarter of 2024? I guess that's really an interesting conundrum for us because, first, uh, we're quite clear, I mean, we're, we're, it's quite clear to see for, for most of us that uh, Beijing wants to stimulate the economy. But I think the shift that we saw in December uh, at the economic conference for them suggested to us that they are also acutely aware that that stimulus needs to steer away from monetary policy stimulus for two big reasons. One is uh, they alluded to greater financial stability and not taking on risks for the future. Uh, so I think that really is a, is a very thinly veiled allusion to the buildup of debt. So they don't want uh, the, 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 the debt route to, to boosting growth. Second, I think there's also the issue of the renminbi stability. And they're acutely aware that, you know, getting ahead of the Fed and, and being seen to cut rates quite a bit can lead to renminbi instability, which is self-defeating. So our, our sense is that they may not do very much on, on the loan rates, even though this is tied to property market stability. Mm. Instead, they might take the fiscal path and liquidity path in terms of triple R cuts. Is this also somewhat related to the ringgit because the correlation between the ringgit and the renminbi is relatively strong? Because in the last few days, right, we have just seen the ringgit completely weaken against so many currencies. US dollar this morning, 4.7185. Euro, 5.1412. Pound is close to 6. Sing dollar is close to 3.252. Or is this due to the fact that Bank Nagara is meeting very, very soon and likely to keep rates pat? I think the, the Bank Nagara part of the quotient should not be discounted as a write-off. But the the rate hold by Bank Nagara is, is I think, it's, it's widely expected. Bank Nagara has always been a steady pair of hands. And the renminbi correlation is a huge one. So, uh, yes, for that reason, not just for the ringgit, even though the correlations there uh, could be higher. Uh, Asia-wide, uh, this is one reason why, despite a Fed pivot, 
we are very averse to saying Asian currencies are going to rally against the dollar uh, because what happens to the renminbi is of dire consequence for the rest of the Asian currencies. So, Vishnu, uh, where you are, uh, Singapore's De- December CPI numbers are set to be released on Wednesday. Are you expecting to see an uptick in price pressures or is inflation well under control there? I, I think there will be two aspects of it. One would be the downward trend in inflation will probably continue. Uh, the, the good news is we, on, on an aggregated basis, you don't see uh, price shocks mounting. Uh, there may be some uh, administrative GST effects because GST has been brought up by one percentage point. But the MAS will probably look through that and say, look, X, that factor, uh, inflation continues to uh, come off. But that doesn't mean that uh, you know, the eyes are off the inflation ball. I, I think because of the levels of, at which inflation is still stuck at, uh, the MAS will not inflect as quickly as the Fed. So it would be difficult to project the Fed's uh, turning point to the MAS's turning point. Vishnu, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Vishnu Varthan, Head of Economics and Strategy at Mizuho Bank, giving us his take on some of the things that uh, we should be watching out for this week, I think, across all the different economies and what the outlook is ahead. Uh, Things looking pretty good for the US, but uh, maybe not so much for other parts of the world. Well, that's kind of strange, right? Because we're looking at also some of the data points and that existing home sales in the US fell in December to the lowest level in three decades. I think clearly due to the sharp rise in interest rates. So American, you know, their loan system kind of works differently. Most people are on a fixed mortgage. So once you're locked in for 30 years, you kind of just stay there. The rate can be very attractive and you're unlikely to actually, you know, want to kind of shop around for rates. Mm. So which also means that in this rising rate environment, even upgraders are like, should I do that? Because if I want to upgrade, I might have to move to a new higher rate. So everybody isn't that wants to move isn't moving. And then if you're a new guy looking for a new home, you might be put off by the new higher rates. So it's like a chicken and egg situation. You know, Shaling, you brought up uh, the the uh, you brought up the weak ringgit just now, and I've it's something I've been watching for a little while, especially the Singapore dollar against the the ringgit level. Uh, the previous all time high was three fifty two seventy three, and I think we're just I love the fact that you memorized it. Keith. It's scary because the the thing is, as we were talking with Vishnu in the past couple of times, uh, I did mention to him that 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 ever since twenty nineteen, uh, the ringgit the Sing dollar against the ringgit has always hit new all time highs every year, and it's already January and we are almost, you know, about to surpass that again. Okay, so Forex specialists will say that actually you shouldn't look at the Sing dollar against the ringgit as a barometer of how weak the ringgit is because the Sing dollar is always used as an interest rate mechanism to manage inflation versus, let's say, other countries which do really use their interest rate, right? So the Sing dollar in the longer term is likely to remain strong because of the environment in mm. terms of the higher inflation. But it is concerning that the US dollar against the ringgit just keeps getting weaker and weaker. Yeah. And we're supposed to have this policy reform, okay? And then looking at uh, brand crude prices, it isn't that low. It's 78 US dollars a barrel. So I really can't put a finger on as to why the ringgit continues to be so sluggish. What, what's the reason? We, we did have a conversation with uh, an analyst just last week, I remember. I forgot who it was with, but uh, they were just as puzzled as we are about why that weakness is happening despite the, uh, the, uh, despite the price of, the, of crude oil. I don't know how much of it is this, what I call the X factor, right? The confidence mm. factor. And how do we restore that 
we know we see record numbers of FDI. Miti shows us these numbers, yet it doesn't seem to be reflected in the performance of our currency. I'm I'm not an expert. Please, somebody guide me. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> travelers from Singapore, from all the world, cheap sale in Malaysia. <laughs> well, at least we have that, right? At least we have the foreign tourists coming in. 7.18 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to cover more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.